Hey, Howlers. Welcome back to HowlerPod. A couple quick warnings to get out of the way. Uh, the first, this podcast contains adult content. It's going to be some bloody damn cursing. Don't be a pixie. Shit escalates. Our second warning is that this podcast contains spoilers, like all of the spoilers. If you haven't read the series, this is not your podcast. Don't forget, follow us at HowlerPod on all of your favorite social media sites, such as Instagram and Twitter. Woo, woo. Uh, we are the one and only podcast, so if you find another one, fuck those guys. <laughs> and now, HowlerPod. Ow! I stumble toward the window, toward the light, and fall to my knees. Pressing my hands against the barrier, I moan one long note. Beyond the glass sprawls a city. Hello, Howlers! Welcome to Howler Pod. My name is Ben Reinert. I am joined by my co-host today, Aaron Ayers. Hello, Howlers! This is Howler Pod, the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising, where every week we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising series by Howler number one, Pierce Brown. Pierce Brown. Love you, Pierce. All right. What are we doing today, Ben? What is this episode about? Today, we're going to continue our reread chapters seven through are you excited? Oh my god, shit is getting real, things are changing, we're like learning more. We're carving today. We're we're changing our entire bodies today. <laughs> Wait till you see me after this episode, I'm gonna be fucking jacked. <laughs> and like a good foot taller. Right. That's awesome. It's very exciting. You know what we need to do? What? Talk about what actually happened in chapters 7 through 12. All right, let's load up this star shell and shoot straight into our chapter summaries. Okay, part two, Reborn. You want to take the first chapter? Sure. Chapter seven, Lazarus. So Darrow wakes up buried at, spoiler alert, he is not dead. He did not die what? when Uncle Narrow pulled his feet. He realizes that his uncle must have given him something in the flask when he passed it to him before he buried Eo. He can still feel kind of the wooziness uh, running through his veins. So he comes out of the ground. Two strangers come pick him up. He immediately guesses they are sons of Ares. And this is where he meets Harmony and uh, Ralph. (laughs) Who the fuck is Ralph? Not sure. I remember. Yeah, anyways. (laughs) Fucking Ralph. Um, And then they drive away from his mine and take him to a new place. To meet Dancer, which is the title of Chapter 8. Um, so this is where we meet Dancer. Um, he tells Daryl all about the true mission of the Sons of Ares. Uh, Daryl learns about how Uncle Nerol saved his life. Um, he's been informing for the Sons for years, even so far back that he was doing it before Daryl's father died. And then Dancer tests Daryl with a rigged game to check his intelligence. Daryl passes with flying colors, obviously, and uh, then Dancer takes him up to the surface of Mars, where he sees the city above for the first time and learns of the extent of deception of the society. 
Chapter 9, The Lie. Darrow observes the city. He sees golds flying on grav boots, ships flying, and in the distance he sees Mars's surface with some struggling trees and grass. Uh, he sees a blue sky with stars. The terraforming is complete. Liars! Bunch of fucking liars. So, <laughs> Dancer dives into the real history of mankind, and Daryl learns about high reds and their lifestyles, and um, now he's ready to take on his mission. Nice, Darrow. Okay, chapter 10, The Carver. So this is where Dancer tells Darrow his plan, that he's going to have Daryl carved into a gold. He tells him, yeah, you might die, bro, uh, but I think you're the one. They walk through the, sh- the streets of Yorkton, and they go to meet Mickey, the carver. Uh, Daryl's appalled by the grotesquerie of the city around him and the society. Um, he's looking down street corners, looking up in the skies like, these people suck. And then Darrow meets Mickey. Dancer flops the golden sigils down on the table, and everybody freaks <gasps> out. Chapter 11, mad. You're mad. <laughs> That's from the audiobook. <laughs> Shout out. Uh, There's banter between Mickey and Dancer. We kind of see their personalities come out. Daryl finally grabs the, I call it the Rubik's Cube, but whatever the fuck. It's like a musical Rubik's Cube (laughs) or something. The Whatever game Mickey was playing. He solves a series of super complicated puzzles. Mickey is amazed at Daryl's intelligence and his hand dexterity again comes to the surface. (laughs) And Mickey agrees to do the carving. Okay, chapter 12. The carving. This is where it's really going down. Mickey agrees to carve Darrow and starts the harrowing process. Darrow di- dies on the table like twice. Um, he has to have his head- heart restarted, uh, but he manages to survive the myriad of procedures needed to turn him into a gold. Once the carving is complete, with the help of Harmony, Darrow begins to train his body and mind to become an iron gold. And thus ends the chapter summary. So that's what happened. But you so. already knew that because you reread it because yeah. you're a good howler. <laughs> so, Ben, after reading these chapters, what do you think the theme is for this week? Yeah, we need to talk about what ties them all together. And I think this one's pretty obvious. What is it? Transformation. Ooh, Transformation Tuesday? It is. This is, this is the best hashtag transformation Tuesday of all time. Can you imagine Darrow just posting like, what up golds? I'm gonna fucking kill all of you. Yes. Darrow's Instagram account like really hopped up a level. Yeah. He got a lot more followers. Lots of drama. So the transformation isn't just of Darrow's body. We're also thinking transformation, death to life. Uh, Yeah. He was, I mean, he literally, he kind of died a few times. He yeah. also fake died by being hanged. Yep. Um, lots of death to life. Also, change in perspective because of all the things that we are learning along with him. He's changing his view of the world. Yeah, he gains all this knowledge. So his outlook and understanding of the world and society around him has completely transformed. Total transformation Tuesday. He's ready for his mission He's ready to do whatever the sons of Aries want him to do. And so we start with kind of that literal death to life transformation that Aaron was mentioning there. In chapter seven, he's buried and comes back to life, kind of like a Lazarus type moment. Yeah. Um, Pops up, Harmony comes and gets him. And then uh, in chapter eight, 
he has that conversation with Dancer, and he's explaining kind of the mission of the Sons of Ares, and this is where we first start to see Darrow's perspective transform. Right. Dancer tells him, you should know that your wife didn't die in vain, Darrow. They heard her song, and they call her Persephone already. She will not come back, but her beauty, her voice, will echo until the end of time. She believed in something beyond herself, and her death gave her voice power it didn't have in life. Ooh, chills. That was, that was some powerful shit there, Dancer. So let's not forget that Eo made such a big sacrifice for... The biggest. Um, for what she knew her truth to be at such a young age. She was only 16. Incredible. And um, Darrow thinks that she just left him, but now he's starting to learn that she didn't die for no reason. Right. And that's exactly what Dancer's telling him there, and that is the first kind of penetration into Darrow's kind of knowledge about what's going on. And kind of mucking through the mar of Darrow's grief. Trying to um, make him think more clearly about what's going to happen now that his world has changed and he has to kind of accept that and move on fairly yeah, quickly now that he's not dead. So Yeah, because if you remember from those chapters, him and Dancer, when they're having those conversations, they talk about revenge versus justice and Darrow seems like he just wants vengeance, but Dancer is trying to get him to see a bigger picture. Right? And, if you remember, during this chapter, Dancer's like, everyone calls her Persephone, Mm -hmm. and Darrow's like, you're lying to me, there's not even that many colonies on Mars. Right, yeah. Like, like you couldn't have reached the, like, however many colonies he thinks there are. Just like a little foreshadowing for what's about to come. Right, like he still doesn't know, uh, during that point, what is actually happening. So... That brings us to chapter nine. This is kind of where Darrow's knowledge grows exponentially because, yeah. <laughs> you know, he sees the actual world and that he's been lied to. Mm-hmm. And then this also changes his purpose. He starts to see that Dancer's opinions and view on life has merit. So Darrow starts off, they told us we were man's only hope, I say quietly. That earth was overcrowded. That all the pain, all the sacrifice was for mankind. Sacrifice is good. Obedience, the highest virtue. Dancer explains to Darrow the real story. Uh, Speaking of the real history, I think it's time for a new segment. A new segment? Yeah. An intersecting segment, if you will, because we'll go back to more stuff. In the We've chapter. got more theme to discuss, but right now we do need to discuss what actually happened, how the society got set up. Uh, so, Hell Divers, put on that fry suit and let's drill down on the society hierarchy for this week's Hell Dive. This is our Hell Dive section. <laughs> this is where we uh, dive deep to break down a specific topic. Today we're talking about the society, as I said. The society is the dominant human government in the solar system. It's been going on for like 700 years, 14 generations of people. When the first colonists ventured from Earth uh, to make their home on the moon, Luna, they created a hierarchy for labor. So they're like, we need some manual laborers. 
Then they started genetically modifying, surgically, surgically manipulating these people. And a little, little bit of eugenics. <laughs> yeah, kind of fucked up. A little, little sketchy. And that's how we got the color-coded society, um, one that's dominated by the most superior breed of all the golds, obviously. Everybody in the society is a genetically modified human, which is kind of weird to think about. But I'm sure that's actually going to happen if we if we live long enough as human beings. Well, you know, post-society... Um, they don't have the the sigils, you know. Like Darrow's right. kid doesn't have sigils. Right. Uh, anyway, so maybe they're moving away from colors again. But currently, we do have colors. Interesting nugget here. The total population is currently around 18 billion people. There are about 12 million golds. And then less than one one-hundredth of that 12 million are actual peerless scars. So we're talking about the best of the best here. The society is split up. Kind of, it obviously split up into colors, but then those colors can be put into to tiers, more or less. So there's the high colors, they're the ruling class of society. They engage in the political and economical activities. Um, that would be like your golds, your silvers, your whites, and your coppers. And then in the mid colors, we've got uh, our blues and our oranges, our greens, and our yellows. And then I think just right below that, still kind of considered a mid or low color, is a gray. I don't think people really like them, though, because they're like the police. The tin pots. Yeah, they suck. Um, and then we've got the low colors, and that would be your pinks, your obsidians, your browns, and, of course, the lowest of the low, the red. And it's all set up in a pyramid, obviously. Going back to the golds, they set this entire system up to benefit themselves. They were originally created to shepherd the lower colors out into the uh, solar system and made those genetic modifi modifications that we talked about, started colonizing the other planets, and then realized the system worked so well to their advantage that they just kept it and made it even more uh, dominating for themselves. So Ben, is this uh, around when the conquering happened? Yes, so that's actually kind of right when the society started. That's how we got to where we are. We have the Golds living up on Luna, getting tired of Earth and all their tariffs. And so they taxes. Yeah, fucking taxes. Uh, it's a real Boston Tea Party situation here. And uh, We don't need your tea, Earth. <laughs> that's what they said. So they decided to go to war. And uh, that was the first Iron Reign. The, the Golds came down and kicked Earth's ass. Which I feel kind of like I'm not okay with it because I feel like I'm on Team Earth right now. And if we got invaded, well, don't by forget, the... I'm a gold. <laughs> <laughs> so my empathy moon, only goes so far. <laughs> that's true. If we got invaded by the moon, I would I would be kind of pissed. But anyways, they conquered Earth and then they just took over. Luna's running the show now, and then that is when they started really manipulating the other colors and uh, dominating the rest of the solar system. Ben, why don't we talk about maybe some of the colors that we know well throughout the books? Um, obviously, we don't know any browns. I don't know why I said obviously. Well, there's like one brown. <laughs> there's the brown assassin at the very end of Iron Gold, which is kind of interesting. Okay, well, we we kind of know one brown. But right. But yeah, some uh, some interesting or like standout characters from the different colors. Obviously, Orion's blue. 
Um, we've Ben's got, hero. Yeah. <laughs> Orion's one of my favorite characters. For sure. Ben wants to marry Orion. <laughs> I like a good sassy pirate. Then Obsidian, pour yeah. one out, homeboy Ragnar. That's tough to talk about. Sephi the Quiet, Wolfgar, obviously. Um, we've only met like one Violet, Mickey. Quicksilver is the only silver that we know. Um, uh, Regulus Arson. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, the coppers, there's Pajingus. P- I think we P- how we decided. Pajingus. There's no. <laughs> Pajingus. Pajingus. You know how when you're reading and you say stuff in your head? I'm pretty sure I was saying like Podginus or something. Yeah, I just, my brain voice isn't necessarily very smart. He sucks. So, yeah. Anyway. So green, uh, we do know a green now yeah, from the Kyra, last book. The hacker. The hacker. And then um, we know a lot of grays actually. We do. Holiday and Trig. Mm-hmm. Uh, ugly Dan. <laughs> uh, ugly Dan. Yeah. Uh, Ephraim. Uh, also a lot of pinks actually too. So Evie, uh, Mateo, Theodora, Duke of Hands. Those Who three roses. are roses. So yeah. uh, a, a more expensive, I guess, form of pink. They're all slaves, which really sucks. Yeah, but they like. They, like, run the pink circuit. Right. Especially Theodora. She's a boss lady. There's one orange that we meet at one point in Golden Sun. I remember his name is Scyther. Oh, really? What's he do? Daryl talks to him, like, once they... He's like, hey, w- what up? I don't know any oranges yet. Yeah. I, I guess we gotta talk to you. He, he talks to him once he, he gets on a ship. Um, but he kind of disappears after that. I think he appears in Star, but you don't ever see him again. Great. So those were some colors. So that's our. Those are our colors. Is kind of our standout characters. Obviously, guys, we know the golds and the reds, so we don't need to mention those. Yeah, that'd be um, a long list. We did see a, a bunch of the whites in iron gold as well. That whole trial situation was kind of. Uh, oh, that's true. That reminded me also in my head of um, the Harry Potter trials that they always had in those round rooms. Yeah. You know what I mean? I kind of like pictured the same, right. but with. Except with, with a lot more. <laughs> well, like bigger people, yeah. not little magicians. So. <laughs> Wizards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is that what you call them? <laughs> so the biggest thing to remember with the society is it was set up by the golds to benefit the golds. They control everything about it. Uh, they're the most powerful. They're the smartest. Everything about the society benefits them. Uh, they use it to manipulate the colors below them to keep them in their place and the gold on top. Pretty selfish. Pretty fucking selfish. That is this week's Hell Dive. We Thanks did it. Hop out of the fry suit. Get cleaned up. Get that quadril cooled down. <laughs> and let's go back to discussing our theme of transformation. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I think we left off with Chapter 10. So Chapter 10... Um, actually talks about what we were just talking about, which is the golds uh, being dicks about their power. So I'll just read this quote from Dancer in chapter 10. He says, Golds structure everything to make their own lives easier. They have shows produced to entertain and placate the masses. They give monies and handouts to make generations dependent on the seventh day, each new earth moon. They create goods to grant a a semblance of liberty. If violence is gold sport, manipulation is their art form. I love that last line. Manipulation is their art form. Because they're really good at it. Yeah. And I, even I fell for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard not to like, yeah. Uh, yeah, so 
chapter 10, again, more transformation of the mind and the understanding of the world. We're just all learning a lot here. Dancer kind of is balling out on knowledge. Yeah, he is really opening everything up to Daryl right now and giving him a lot of information, but also just like opening his eyes for real what this world is. Yeah. So, moving to chapter 11. This is where we uh, meet Mickey. Well, we met him, but this is where Mickey kind of uh, realizes that Reds aren't all stupid idiots. Mm-hmm. So, Ben, do you want to read this quote? It's a long one, but it's a really good one. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I don't. I can't do the Darrow accent, but I'll. I'll <laughs> Apparently, I'll I can't either. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is kind of we see Mickey underestimating Darrow at first, and then he kind of his opinion transforms once Darrow shows him. I'm actually the shit, bro. Okay, so Daryl responds to Mickey, Have you ever been in a mine? I ask him. Ever used your fingers to dig through a fault line at a 12-degree angle while doing the math to accommodate 80% rotation power and 55% thrust so you don't set off a gas pocket reaction while sitting in your own piss and sweat and worrying about pit vipers that want to burrow into your gut to lay their eggs? This is... His voice fades as he sees how the quadril taught my fingers to move, how the grace with which my uncle taught me to dance is converted into my hands. I hum as I work. It takes a moment, maybe a minute or three, but I learn the puzzle and then solve it easily according to frequency. There seems another level to it, mathematical riddles. I don't know the math, but I know the pattern. I solve it in four more puzzles. Then it changes once more in my hands, becoming a circle. Mickey's eyes widen. I toss the device back to him. He stares at my hands while working his own 12 fingers. Impossible, he murmurs. Evolution, Harmony replies. Boom, bitch! (laughs) Fucking evolution! (laughs) Sorry, I got real excited. (laughs) Yeah, Daryl really, he really uh, lays it down right there. Well, he's like, okay, Dancer isn't getting the message across. Right. Let me just show all these idiots how amazing I am. I'm just going to pwn them with this game. So this is kind of the, it's the first time that Mickey even like you you can kind of see it. It's the first time he even like sees a red for an actual or a low red. Yeah, for an actual human being, you know, just like he's like, oh, this person is capable of something when right. he had completely underestimated them. He's a, practically a slave trader. I mean, he is a slave trader. Yeah, he's and, he's definitely not nice. Like yeah. while we all like Mickey, <laughs> for some reason he's he's, he's a bad guy. Like, he's not a good person. Yeah. He definitely has slaves. He, like, uh, does body transformations, like, putting wings on them. Yeah, poor Evie. Um, against their will. So, that's not cool. So, yeah, that's the, kind of the power of, of Daryl. He's special. I mean, there's no doubt about that. He has that intelligence and that next-level thinking that uh, really benefits him. And that's a, this kind of one of those moments of many that we see he really thinks outside the box (laughs) no pun intended until he's in a box forever yeah (laughs) then he starts thinking inside the box because that's where he is (laughs) anyways yeah this is a this is a cool chapter this is you know that's a good that's a good moment this is kind of the last time we really experienced darrow before he's a gold right yeah, and then because going moving on to chapter twelve, 
and tying that transformation theme in again, this is where the actual carving happens. Now we're having the actual physical transformation. So chapter 12 is the carving. Uh, let's start off with a quote from that chapter. This is Darrow's narration. He says, my body is becoming that of a gold, one of the prime stock, not a pixie or a bronze. This is the body of the race that conquered the solar system. My body is not all that changes. Before I sleep, I drink a tonic laden with processing enhancers. I wake knowing 3,000 years of literature and legal code and history. I want that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not part of the quote. <laughs> I know, right? Like, in school, wouldn't that have been great? Like, instead of cramming all night. Yeah, that's some real, like, Just, like, go to sleep and wake up knowing everything. Yeah, that's some real Matrix stuff where they just, like, plug you in and download knowledge. I know Kung Fu. (laughs) I know Kung Fu. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Keanu Reeves. Why do we love him so much? (laughs) Terrible Because he's awesome. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so, as we talked about, this is just Daryl kind of going through that physical transformation. He survives the operation. He starts working out with Harmony. They hit the gym. And get pumped yeah. get fucking swole uh i thought this was a really i thought just reading that part it made me think that pierce really likes to go to the gym because it was a really good description of working out and like how much it kind of sucks sometimes but right so the the good feeling you get from your strength improving and feeling better about yourself he also though realizes how kind of hopeless this whole fighting the golds thing is Mm. he he thinks you know if it takes all this to make me their physical equal no wonder we serve them yeah that's powerful he he feels kind of the futility of this fight and he doesn't even know like (laughs) what's about to come oh my god like he hasn't been in the institute yet he hasn't really interacted with a gold uh one-on-one yet so Except for Augustus, who killed his wife and him. So. Right. And so now that Darrow's uh, knowledge has transformed, his outlook on the world around him has transformed, his body has literally transformed. Uh, this is what we get at the end of the chapter. He's talking to Mickey. He said, things are set in stone. Things are well-ordered. Red's at the bottom. Everyone else standing on our backs. Now you're looking at me, and you're realizing that we don't bloody damn like it down there. Red is rising, Mickey. And he's also, like, holding on to Mickey's hand or something. Yeah, or he's, shoulder. he's got, him, he's he's got like, him in his grip. He's like, he's like, I could kill you right here. <laughs> and he also is like, be nice to Evie. Yeah, that's a, that's a hair-raising moment. I, I love that part, just because, like, now Daryl understands his mission, and... He's transformed himself into this gold. So now it's like, it's go time, bitch. Let's go. Unlike Titus Mm -hmm. um, from the Institute, who we find out later was also a red transformed, Mm -hmm. um, Darrow at the beginning is already fighting for those who need um, a helping hand, such as Evie. That's a good point. Yeah. So Titus kind of turned... Uh, bitter and used his new power for bad and basically tortured golds. Right. That's that vengeance versus justice thing that Dancer was talking about. Right. So I'm jumping ahead, but 
you can already see in, in chapter 12 that Darrow's idea. mind is still intact. Mm-hmm. He didn't crack under the carving. Um, and he uh, is still uh, pretty much a good person. <laughs> 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 you know? Like, if I were judging, I'd say yes. He right. I mean, he struggles with it, but you can see he does care about those other lower colors and he remembers that he can keep that sense of justice up right. front in his mind when the feelings of vengeance are kind of overtaking um, his emotional side. And we kind of see also in chapter 12 before Daryl kind of befriends Golds and and we see Daryl's open-mindedness and empathy towards all colors. We see that with Harmony and with Mickey because Harmony's obviously a dick to him, like, from the beginning, but he starts to see her side of things and how... They develop kind of a fun little friendship yeah. <laughs> right when they're working out and stuff. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I think of, you know, that movie with Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise with the aliens, that and they reset all, all the time? Yes, it's called... Um, I can't edge remember. Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, the Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. I think of Emily and Tom Cruise training because yeah. he's kind of blundering around, but they wear those big suits. <laughs> so that's what I picture when I think of uh, Harmony and Darrow training in their oh yeah their yeah. high grav. That was definitely a montage suits. Moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know when Emily Blunt like does like the Cobra over and over because like the day keeps restarting, like Groundhog Day. Anyways. That's really good. So we see that Darrow can change his opinion and and really kind of see the good side in everybody Keep he also head, yeah he also sees the good side in mickey mickey's talking about lsd and shit yeah i mean mickey was also abused like everyone has been abused by the golds in the society like there's not one person that hasn't been taken advantage of by the the higher ups in society so even though mickey's not the greatest guy he's a damaged person that went through some really some awful fucked up shit <laughs> And some, Daryl's able to drugs. see that and have empathy for him, which is going to be important moving on. Right. So, I think they, I think they made a good choice with Darrow. Right. I don't know. Right. Yeah. So now that we know what happened in chapter seven through twelve, and we've talked about the overarching theme, we do now. We need to talk about our prime five. Yeah, and our prime five. It's our five favorite insights and observations from this week's chapters. Okay, I'll start. Uh, my first pick is the the actual carving itself. I just thought this was a really great example of um, Pierce's descriptive writing and the procedures that he has to go through. You can t- see all of the research that went into that. Also, like. you can tell that Pierce Brown works out because he like talks a lot about it. Yeah, like we talked about with uh, the working out stuff between Harmony he, and Darrow. He hits the, the gym, you know. Yeah. He... <laughs> Hey, how many proteins are you taking, bro? <laughs> I don't know how gym people talk. <laughs> but I just thought, like, I totally, if I, I was just thinking about this because if I was writing it, I totally would have yada yada that whole section about the surgeries and just like, okay. And then he's a goal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's Ta-da! carved because that would have been way too much work. But uh, you can also see, a lot like, of medical knowledge yeah. or research. It was really cool, and I mean, it just, uh, I just thought that was a, a testament to, to Pierce and his research and how well he's able to write that. You could, you could feel the pain uh, that Daryl's going through and, like, the mental anguish of being in that bed and 
just yeah. um, not being able to move and his like skin re yeah, crawling and growing Ugh. and then being broken and like it, it's just awesome writing and, and I just wanted to point that out. That's a good one. So next on our Prime Five list, um, shout out to all the bad bitches of Red Rising. <laughs> right now we only have one. Yeah. Uh, her name is Harmony. <laughs> Uh, she, I think, has a lot of depth. I think uh, at first we're like, this girl's a bitch, you know? Yeah. But then we we learn more about her past. We know that obviously she was a hell diver, and there's not like any female hell right. diver. So she's already a badass before she got out of the mine. And she's beautiful, but then has like the... The scarred face. The half-scarred she's like face. Two-Face. Yeah. Batman. <laughs> and uh, just... She, I think, also starts to befriend Darrow and vice versa when they start training together. And I don't know. I just, I really like watching that friendship develop, so. And you can also see kind of some foreshadowing for her, like that hard edge she carries. Mm -hmm. And how that plays into her character arc down the line when she's doing terrible shit. And she also, like, builds a lot of trust with Darrow, so then when when she feels like he betrayed her, we have that depth of friendship and experience with the two of them that that reaction from her really makes more sense. Right. So I think uh, Harmony, with all her faults and um, her anger and everything, I think she has uh, good reason and a lot of depth. So yeah. she's, she's my number four. We're going backwards. That was four. What's number three, Ben? <laughs> uh... Uh, numbers don't matter. We're just going to say okay. five different things. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so this uh, this was an observation that I had. Just like I think there's a couple things that happen where we can see Darrow's intelligence and his wit and the way, like Aaron had mentioned earlier, he thinks outside the box. Not the box. Never the box. <laughs> Before he gets carved, he has that test from Dancer. And I was just think putting myself in this situation, and oh. I would never be able to. They wouldn't have taken me out solution. of the mine in the <laughs> first place. <laughs> Dance Nobody, would have been like, "Yeah, we're gonna take him back." He, he eats the cards. I don't even think I could eat a card, even if like I knew that's what I was supposed to do. So yeah, he's quick. He can think on his feet, and uh, that's kind of one of those times where we see that happen in the book and then that's going to come into play later on when he's in the institute and not only when just when he's in the institute but down the line in golden sun and morningstar it seems like darrow's always kind of a step ahead of his adversaries or usually a step ahead I well think until everything got him <laughs> until once, obviously but until shit hits the fan and, right. and then he's scrambling but he does scramble well he does and that's part of it. And I think that's what Dancer is testing there. And then, obviously, as we talked about as well, the cube, you can just see that Daryl's not, he's not a normal red. He's not a, and he's definitely not a dullard. Like, he is a smart, intelligent dude. <laughs> dullard. <laughs> <laughs> and that's even before he starts getting his knowledge enhanced right. while he's sleeping. That's so. right. Before the, the brain, not brain drain. What's the opposite of brain drain? Pump, <laughs> brain pump up your brain. So next on the Prime 5, we've got another shout-out to Pierce. We just really love his ability to build this world. We see Mars' cityscape for the first time. and It's very descriptive from Darrow's point of view. And then we also learn more about the history. So not just 
not only do we have the world as it is, but we also have a full history of how it came to be. Pierce really takes us from where we are now on Earth, and he takes us up to Luna. He takes us to Mars and beyond. So I think um, just it's really easy to be absorbed by these books because of that descriptive writing. Right. Yeah, because that this the these chapters are we where we see the depth of Pierce's world building and just like how much immediately opens up. I love that when Darrow's walking down the street and he's like looking down alleyways. It's like there's a whole nother story that could be taking place that I would read a book about. Right. We down that alleyway. We kind of see down an alleyway um in this last book right you know yeah and iron gold and that's yeah and that's with the new point of views that we get in iron gold it's just uh you see more and more of that and it all starts with these five chapters right here is this is kind of where the world opens up for the first time right and it just creates this immediate place and that's just uh, amazing writing and really imaginative on pierce's part it's just really cool yeah love it we already have the Moon Lord set up. Like he's yeah. he's already set everything up. That's awesome. We don't we don't even have to try. <laughs> it's just handed to us right. on a platter. So that was one of my prime five for this week. And then our last one is I just want to give a special shout out to Mickey because as you guys know, every week we name a Primus and Mickey is not our Primus this week, but he's he is, runner up. He was my runner up. Yeah. Um, I just thought he's a really interesting character, like we were talking about earlier. He's not a good person, but also he's kind of funny and he like he's really creative and he obviously cares about his his work and cares about Darrow. So that makes us kind of feel like we like him. But you kind of have to keep in mind that he's he's a crazy person who owns slaves. Um, he did he did do a lot of drugs though yeah and that whole this also want to just talk about like violets and how they grow up and just doing uh, all kinds of trippy drugs hallucinating and then having to create the uh, things that they they see monsters pretty freaking weird uh, childhood there <laughs> so <laughs> no wonder he's a little he's a little screwy we can see why though so, okay. sorry, Mickey, you didn't win, but you were close. Now that we finished our Prime 5, it's time to name our Primus of the Week, where we choose the one character who conquered our Proctors of Plot and rose above the rest. Our Primus of the Week is... Dancer. Do-do-do-do! <laughs> Dancer! I like this is a pretty obvious one. And this is before we kind of don't like Dancer in the future, yeah. when he's all bureaucratic and such, but... Dancer's consistent. He always has the interests of low reds mm-hmm. at his heart, and mm-hmm. he has a low red. Reds so. in general, low colors, yeah. Right. But um, Dancer won this week because, first of all, he took Darrow out of the mud yeah. and uh, gave him the knowledge of the world and uh, really led Darrow down the path. I think throughout these chapters, we see how Dancer like slowly preps Darrow mm-hmm. Um, so he doesn't like freak out. This is the catalyst. I mean, he is the catalyst for Darrow's entire journey. And it's uh, cool to see just like how much of Dancer's conversations and how much of his influence where he, we don't actually see him too much in this book, but he really has an effect on Darrow. He's always thinking about Dancer when he's in the Institute. He thinks about him throughout uh, all of the books. 
and just kind of like what his reaction would be to how Daryl's acting and all that type of stuff. So although Dancer isn't like a major, major character in this book, he's not in a whole lot of chapters, he's really impactful. Uh, and we there. also think that he's Aries for a little bit. Right. If you can go back to your native reading of mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. and you didn't know who uh aries was so right. we kind of thought he, he was, was definitely a prime candidate for sure and we also see uh, everyone that works for him has a uh, sort of reverence for him they all listen to him even harmony who doesn't listen to anyone uh kind of backs off darrow when when dancer snaps at her so he has a lot of power um, just in this segment or sect of the uh, sons of aries mm-hmm I love how he's like an old cowboy. I always like think of him as like John Wayne looking. I don't know why, just from that description where it's like he's really good looking, but he's like kind of old. He's like, y'all come back now, you yeah. hear? Is that John Wayne? No, okay. that's definitely not John Wayne. He's like more like Pilgrim. I don't know, he okay. says Pilgrim a lot. Right. And uh, also don't forget Dancer, um, his leg's all fucked up, so he's he's dragging his leg around, yeah, but still... Kind of- Still has... Uh, Isn't his arm? I, it's like his whole side. side. yeah. But he still is so respected as a powerful figure by the people around him. And I think a big part of that is just his knowledge, his intelligence. His but presence, also yeah. His passion for helping and for really getting the mission done. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, he believes back. in everything that he's telling Darrow and... He's the first person that believes in Darrow. He convinces Darrow that he can do this. You know, so I mean, that's. Dancer is incredibly important. There's not a story without him teaching Darrow about all the stuff and then providing him with the correct perspective on all of it. Good job, Dancer. Yeah, way to go, Dancer. You're our Primus of the Week. So, you know what's next, Aaron? What are we into this week? <laughs> Bum, ba, da, bum. Yes. What are we into this week? That's so, the theme song. <laughs> we talked about our themes. We talked about the Prime 5. Uh, now we just get to talk about what are we into and wrap this thing up. Toy. So, what are you into? So, have you seen Maniac? I have not, but I have heard about it and I want to it watch it. It is. Speaking of Mickey doing drugs, <laughs> this is on Netflix. Emma Stone and Jonah Hill are uh, two main characters. But it's really weird, and there were a few times where I was like, what is going on? <laughs> but I really, really liked it, and I was sad when it was over. It's, it's not a super long series. So I would highly recommend it. I'm not going to tell you what it's about, because like, basically it's about a drug trial. Yeah, it but doesn't sound like something that's easy to explain. It's just, it's really weird. Yeah. But like, cool. And it's also, the coolest part is it's not set in a specific time period so it's like a made-up world but it's it's kind of like the future but also the 80s that does sound like a drug trip oh yeah it's (laughs) it's trippy like all around there's some weird shit nice that sounds like highly recommended okay what what are you into this week i'm also into a netflix show oh netflix for the win (laughs) and it's pretty weird also less trippy but it's called we're gonna lose some fans yeah that's fine well, we're just recommending Netflix shows. That's fine. Everybody needs a good recommendation. What um, is it? The name of my show is called Big Mouth, and it's actually an animated show. It's created by Nick Kroll, um, and then it also features 
a lot of very famous people doing voices like John Mulaney, Maya Rudolph, Fred Armisen are all in it. It is hilarious. It's about seventh graders going through puberty and how awkward and terrible that entire situation is. So it's like talking to girls, going through your first kiss. Also, like, it's very gross. So it's yeah. a lot about... <laughs> it's also animated. Yeah, jerking off and <laughs> all that type of stuff. The I'm best not- part about it is that these teenage or these uh, tweens are like, I think they're like 13 in seventh grade or whatever. They all have a hormone monster. So it's like a hormone monster will appear out of nowhere and um, talk to them about what's going on with their hormones and why they have boner right now or something like that. It's just so funny. Uh, Maya Rudolph plays the girl's hormone monster and she's just... Well, she's hilarious. Yeah, she's so good. Um, So I would highly recommend that. It's very gross. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I watched a little bit of the first episode and I turned it off. I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> you got to keep going with it. It's, it's worth it was it. like, I thought, I was hoping it would be Rick and Morty, but it was like even grosser. Yeah, it's very gross. <laughs> I was like, how is this more offensive than Rick and Morty? Hilarious. Gross so, hilarious. That's my not opinion. for everyone, but <laughs> maybe I'll try it again. That's why this podcast is, you know, it's adult content. So There you go. That's what we're into this week. Yeah, so uh, next week, we are going to be continuing our reread. Reread! We're going to do chapters 13 through 19. So it's going to be kind of Darrow learning uh, some how to be a gold. He's going to talk with, uh, what's his name, Mateo. He's going to meet Mustang. Yeah! <laughs> and then, um, yeah, we'll start getting into the Institute a little bit. So... Uh, should be a fun set of chapters. We'll we'll do the same thing where we'll do a recap, a breakdown, uh, Prime Five and a Primus. So come back, do your reread, and come back. Also, don't forget follow us at HowlerPod on all the stuff. Only- Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> Facebook. I don't know. Just at HowlerPod. Whatever you whatever you can type that into. Just type just it like find that. just like search for it, whatever. We don't even know where we're at. <laughs> we'll have some updates on there for you guys. Uh, and that's it. So thanks Howlers. Yeah. Thanks guys for stopping by today. Per Aspra at Astra. Omnis Vera Lupus. Howlers out.